Good morning, Bethel's Rock Church, our online campus. For all you who are watching online, we're so thankful uh, that you decided to pop on here uh, and give this a listen. I'm not Pastor James. My name is Pastor Anthony. I'm the youth pastor over at our Farmington campus. Um, I'm super excited to bring you this word today. I think it's going to be super fruitful for you and your family, wherever you may be watching this. I know for a fact that the Lord is going to touch you um, through this message today. So I want to I want to jump right into it today. But my question that I have for you is, have you guys ever taken credit for something uh, that you had no involvement with? I know that a lot of us, and I maybe even some of you right now are even thinking, yeah, that's happened to me plenty of times. But have you ever had input or involvement in something that happened that may have been really, really good? Uh, maybe that's something that wasn't even your own success, let's just say, but but you took it from them, right? They may have not even have been there. I think it's I think it's really, really funny when we think about these certain kind of situations, just taking someone's credit. Um, uh, but one time I, I was in high school. I want to go over to this. So one time I was in high school, I remember uh, having to read the book Beowulf. And maybe if you've ever even heard of, read this book, uh, maybe drop a, maybe something in the comments to appreciate that book. But when I was in English class in high school, we had to read this book. And after we got done reading, we had to create an element actually of this book that kind of showed uh, that we read it and that uh, we enjoyed it, something along those lines. And so my natural um, instinct was to recreate the ripped off arm of this monster in the book Beowulf. And so I was like making this crochet thing or whatever. But guess who didn't do any of that? It was me. I didn't do any of it, actually. My brother, who was actually very artistic and very good at writing and all this kind of stuff, who was actually seven years older than me, actually created this entire crochet thing and it looked like a real arm, all this kind of stuff. It was so crazy. But when I brought it to school, I was the one who made it. Okay, listen, I own this. I made it look really, really cool. Hey, guys, I spent so much time working on this, all this kind of stuff. And not going to lie, I got 100% on it. Listen, it was the best thing ever. I got a lot of uh, good comments from my uh, my teacher. And if you're watching Mrs. Klein, please, uh, I promise I did everything else except for this. So thank you. But I, I want to jump into this as a different fashion is that there's a lot of famous examples of people taking credit of things that they didn't do on their own. And I want to jump into one quick one, and that is, is shedding light on some of you people that love your classic rock. For me and my father, um, for example, all, we loved all different kinds of music. Uh, but one thing that he loved the most was his classic rock. And, and I even want to even ask, how many of you even still listen to it even today? Maybe that you just got done listening to it this morning or you're planning on listening to something later on that involves classic rock. But I want to talk about one of the greatest classic rock bands of all time. That's actually Led Zeppelin, right? And if you don't know who Led Zeppelin is, maybe you know one of the most popular classic rock songs of all time, Stairway to Heaven, right? And for those of you who don't know about some recent legal battles that they've been under for about the past five years is that they've been accused of plagiarizing the entire song of Stairway to Heaven. In fact, they just won a recent legal battle that took about five years and that got almost all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court. Kind of crazy. The highest level of court you could ever go, and it almost got all the way up there. Well, Led Zeppelin actually won their battle with this court system, uh, and it proved that they were innocent, and they didn't plagiarize and all this kind of stuff, but there is actually plenty of articles out there. You can look it up. That shows that there was some similarities with a lot of their music with other people, and they didn't give credit to these people. And I think that's what a lot of their major critics 
we're wanting them to do in the first place. And it fails to recognize the importance of where accreditation is really going to, right? And I say all this not to discredit their popularity or, or trying to demonize them for all these accusations, whether we like it or not, like this band literally reshaped and revolutionized classic rock and, and how instruments are played even today, which is super, super cool because I myself am a drummer and I love music. But uh, I want to go over today's passage, and if you could, please open your Bibles to Numbers chapter 20. We're going to be going over verses 1 through 13 today. And I want to talk about uh, someone in the Bible, actually, who takes credit for something that he didn't do. And I'm going to be talking about Moses today, right? And so Moses, and I want to just go over a little background of this. Moses is in the wilderness of Zen, right? Wandering with the Israelites, and these people are thirsty. They're hungry. They're looking for a source of water. And I think it's really, really interesting because we see here that Moses is asked by the Lord to speak to the rock, but he chooses not to. So uh, I want to go over today uh, some of the behavioral issues, the attitude issues, uh, and some of the many spiritual things that are happening in this moment in Numbers chapter 20, verses 1 through 13, and see that credit was should have been given to the Lord instead of Moses himself, who chose to not speak to the rock, but rather strike it. So I want to pray and then we'll dig right into it today. So dear Lord, we thank you for our time that we have here today. And Lord, I pray that you would just touch this message, Lord, that you would speak through me, Lord. And I pray that anyone who's watching this online service today would get something out of this message. In your name, amen. And I want to jump right into it. So point number one is don't panic, give it to the Lord, right? Don't panic, give it to the Lord. Now for someone like Moses, who was a shepherd, right, who flock sheep, he was in charge every single day of his life, was a grounded reality of taking care of flocks of sheep, or in this case, in story, right, a flock of people, the entire Israelite people. Um, and, and in this, he had to actually follow the Lord, follow his commandments, obey him, throughout this entire process because they looked up to their leader, Moses, to lead them to the right places, right? And imagine the stress and anxiety that's going over Moses and, and his heart of leading this charge of regards of thousands of people, right? And especially in the circumstances when we see that they're wandering in the wildernesses. And so I want to look into verses 2 through 5 as we notice that, that the Israelites are complaining about no water or food again. And I'll get into the again later on. Um, in this in this sermon today. Now I want to read verses two through five with you right now. Now there was no water for the congregation and they assembled themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. And the people quarreled with Moses and said, would that we had perished when our brothers perished before the Lord? Why have you brought the assembly of the Lord into this wilderness that we should die here, both we and our cattle? And why have you made us come up out of Egypt to bring us to this evil place? It is no place for grain or figs or vines or pomegranates, and there is no water to drink. There's no water to drink. And so these people were very, very, very upset, and they wanted answers. And you could tell in this language that they're, that they're, that they're showing Moses and Aaron that they're starting to lose trust um, in their leaders. And have you ever been in a situation before in your own personal life? I know I've been there. I know a lot of you watching um, have been there probably once or twice in your life. But realizing the situation, realizing the trials that you're going through, the addictions, they may seem too much to struggle. And it actually brings so much anger in your life that you actually start to discredit. You actually start to be disloyal. That You actually start to distrust 
the creator of the world. But my point is to don't panic, right? My point is do not panic during this time because Moses and Aaron actually give us a perfect example of what we should do immediately following a situation like this, right? And I think it's actually sort of unheard of in today's society when we start going through situations, we start going through battles, is that we get on our hands and knees and we go to the Lord, right? We seek after his presence because that's what they did. They prayed. And when was the last time that you were on your knees, right? When a battle needed to take place in your life. When's the last time where the enemy was coming against you and attacking you and you said to yourself, I'm not going to let this discredit my trust for the Lord. I'm not going to let this battle overcome me and my circumstance that I, my relationship that I have with God. I'm going to go on my hands and knees and I'm going to lay this at the feet of God, right? So listen to what Moses and Aaron go through in verse six right here. Then Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the entrance of the tent of meeting and fell on their faces and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. Don't panic, give it to the Lord. And I think in today's world, we need to stop laying our emotions, our troubles, our desires at the feet of our own emotions and feelings, but rather giving them and laying them at the feet of Jesus. Giving them to the feet of Jesus because we as humans cannot hold on to this for too long, right? We're not capable of doing it. We need to give it to the Lord. And it is then we find our answer, which is immediately following right in this passage in verses seven through nine, which I'll read as well. And it says, and the Lord spoke to Moses saying, take the staff and assemble the congregation, you and Aaron, your brother, and tell the rock before their eyes to yield its water. So you should bring water out of the rock for them and give drink to the congregation and their cattle. And Moses took the staff from before the Lord as he commanded them. Wow. This is incredible, right? This is like everything you see is falling in the right pieces, right? We had just been talking about like going to the Lord for our needs, right? And this is what Moses and Aaron are doing. They're not, they're not panicking. They're not doing the, the, the wrong thing, right? They go to the Lord when they need to. But it's what immediately follows that actually changes the course of history for Moses' life, which goes into my second point. Think before you speak, right? Think before you speak. Now, for some of you who don't know, uh, I actually got to go to Israel once, and it was in the summer of 20, 2018. Uh, I went through my alma mater, Evangel University, um, which I know a lot of North Central people aren't living in the area, but hey, go EU, right? Uh, but I was, I was on this trip for about three weeks through a Bible lands tour, um, and I, I got to visit so many different sites, three to four sites a day, hiking all the time. I got to walk where Jesus walked, I got to go to so many different places that it was truly one of the most incredible three weeks of my entire life. And, I, and, and, and I'm not even lying. It was incredible. But during this time, actually, I got to go to the wilderness. And it was actually in the first week that I was there. And we got to climb the mountain, actually see the rocks that we see here in Numbers 20. And I want to go forth and talk about this. And as, as the Lord is talking to Moses and as we see that Moses strikes the rock coming up, uh, everyone wants to give their definition of what this rock really is, right? You may be thinking of a pebble. You may be thinking of a nice-sized rock. Some of you may be even thinking of a boulder. But I want to even put in a bigger perspective and say it was essentially a part of a mountain. That's how big this rock was, okay? And if you don't know, uh, I'm going to give you a little history lesson about this, okay? So this rock was actually called porous rock, 
okay? And porous rock, when it rained, it soaked, this rock would soak up the water like a sponge, actually. And it didn't rain there often, but when it did, like I said, this porous rock would soak up all the water like a sponge, right? And so during this time, these, these, these Bedouins, these people who were shepherds, right, they would flock their sheep and they would walk along the edges of this porous rock with their staff and they would bang it on the mountain. They would bang it on the rock and they would keep walking, keep banging, keep walking, keep banging until they heard the right sound. And when they heard that right sound, I have no idea what that sound really is, but when they heard that sound that was different from the others, they would repeatedly hit that one spot over and over again until it cracked open the rock and water came out of it. This is a true thing. Uh, it puts in a light of a different perspective of what really happened here in the wilderness of Zin. And I, I want to open up this accreditation aspect when we relate it even over to, and I want you to jump to this as well in your Bibles today, but Exodus 17, where we see here that Moses was told by God beforehand, right, to strike the rock. And what does this tell us, right? What does this tell us? This tells us that the Lord was telling Moses, listen, I want my people to know how trustful, how loyal you are, right, to Moses. And when he struck that rock, right, all the abundance of water came out. Their food, their, their, their cattle was fed. They were fed. It was an abundant amount of water. And even was proven and shown when I was even there, the guides were telling us that sometimes when these Bedouins would hit these certain cracks and it would open, it would actually flood the entire valley that was there. And people have died. You actually sometimes during seasons in Israel, you can't even go into the wildernesses and because it's flooded because of this porous rock. So it, it just brings light and accreditation to this reality that, hey, the Lord was working on Moses's life in Exodus 17 to strike that rock, to show how loyal he is to his people, the Israelites. But it also shows us even here how important it was for him to speak to the rock during this time, right? But in Numbers 20, right, we see that the Lord wanted Moses to speak to this rock, not strike it, right, but to speak to the rock. And he doesn't and he doesn't think in this way. Obviously, he strikes it, but his anger takes over. And I want to read verses 10 through 11 real quick. Then Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock, and he said to them, Hear now, you rebels. That's probably not the most uh, polite way to address the congregation, right? Here now, you rebels, shall we bring water for you out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand and struck the rock with his staff twice. And water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank and their livestock. Very, very interesting. Because this was the normal thing to do. This is what was told for him in Exodus 17, right? And this is this was a way to show the trust and loyalty of Moses for the Israelites, right? But the Lord wants the glory here, right? But what would have happened, right, if he spoke to the rock instead of striking it? What would have happened if you trusted the Lord, right? What would have happened if you gave him that credit he deserves? Before you decided to do the things that you did, what would have happened if you went and trusted the word of the Lord that he had on your life. And Moses had that opportunity, right? He essentially had an opportunity to speak 
to a mountain and for it to, you, if you can imagine with me, the rock opening up and water flowing out abundantly for these Israelites to be able to come up, gather water for themselves, for their cattle over and abundantly beyond. And for them to look at Moses saying, I know that you're a trustful leader, but we are following the Lord together. Like what an incredible opportunity that was that we get to see inside of this passage in a geographical way, right? And just knowing what this rock really was, but also knowing what this scripture had entailed for Moses and the wasted opportunity that he had through God, right? Why are we wasting our opportunities to encounter God in a new way? Why, why are you wasting opportunities to reach out to others, right? In your workplace and wherever you may be, for the glory of God, right? Because they can see God through you. But why are you trying to be glorified when God deserves the glory? And I think it's because of this that it goes perfectly um, into my last and concluding point, which is our actions can produce consequences. Our actions can produce consequences. And what do we see that immediately follows right here in verses 12 through 13, the last two verses of this passage? And it says, And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not believe in me to uphold me as holy in the eyes of the people of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land that I have given them. These are the waters of Meribah where the people of Israel quarreled with the Lord and through them he showed himself holy. And Meribah here is actually translated as quarreled, which is crazy because it literally says that immediately followed. But what is most important here is that that one mistake that Moses does prevents him from entering into the promised land. Think about it. Not speaking to the rock, not obeying the Lord, just in that one time prevented him from going into the promised land. And listen, church, uh, do not let yourself leave this time here today, even though this is just a video sermon, this is just a video campus, right? Online campus. Don't leave yourself here today with the sins and burdens that are keeping you away from the Lord on your heart. Do not let them stay with you here today. Leave them here today at the feet of Jesus. Listen, church, we do not want to leave here today thinking about all the sin that we have in our life and trying to get away with it on a consistent basis. We don't want to leave that trapped in our hearts because it's going to lead us down a path of a destructive lifestyle. And you will, listen, listen, you will miss out on your promised land if you continue to do so. It's just as plain as simple as it is. You will miss out on your promised land if you continue to do so. But for others here today as well, do not leave here today thinking that you can just keep holding on to these burdens and sin and and other things going on in your life, the struggles that are going on in your life. Do not let them sit and permeate over your life. We must lay them at the feet of Jesus, right? Listen, we must not panic. We cannot panic. We must give it to the Lord. We must think before we speak. And it is then that we will see the great reward that the Lord has on our life. And so I would even challenge you today to let your wilderness experience a great rainfall. Let your wilderness experience such a great rainfall that it is so abundant that you are able to not even be thirsty anymore. I think it's super, super cool when we think about it. Listen and obey the Lord because he is going to give you the strength that you need 
And as I think and, and as I envision this mindset of being in front of that rock, being in front of that porous rock once again, I would have never thought water could have come out at such abundant masses. But it is through the power of the word of the Lord that we can move mountains and make your situation sustained again. I think it's that important. I want to leave you with this reality. When you're going through a trial, when you're going through hurting, fall on your knees at Jesus. Fall on your knees at Jesus. Pray to him. Cry out to him. Ask him what you need to do, like what Moses and Aaron did. But it's then, that next part that's important, taking that action, thinking before you go into that next realm, saying to yourself, listen, I'm not going to get the accreditation that I want to because this is the Lord's, but I'm not going to be angry. I'm not going to be deceitful. I'm not going to go against what he wants me to do. I'm going to obey and trust in the Lord because in the end, he deserves the glory and is through our obedience and trust in the Lord that we will then see the great reward that he has for us. So I, I really appreciate you all sitting here, whether you're drinking coffee, eating some cereal, whatever that may be on my campus. I'm super appreciative that you got to sit down and hear this word from the Lord today. So I want to pray with you before we leave today. Thank you, Jesus, for this word, Lord. I thank you, Jesus, so much for this time that we have here today. I pray, Lord, that you would just continue to enlighten this spirit, Lord, that says to ourselves, I will not strike this rock. I am going to speak to it, Lord. Lord, I pray that we would be people that would obey and trust in the Lord because it is then that we will see that eternal reward that's coming to us very, very soon. Lord, let us finish our race strong, Lord, and let us be people, Lord, that always want to bless other people. Let us be leaders in your name. Amen. Thank you, guys.